Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We'll continue reading from Sri Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha from the 29th Anucheda. 29th Anucheda is titled Reconciliation of Contradictory Statements. This is the sex, second part of uh, the 29th Anucheda, which is a section of the Krishna Sandarbha. So we're at this stage. Jiva is providing us with information as to how, first of all, different verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam should be seen in the light of the Parivas Sutra, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, because in certain places, um, by the examples that he's giving here, he's giving us, going to give us nine examples of places where one could misinterpret the Bhagavatam verse to indicate that Krishna is equivalent to other incarnations of the Supreme, an um, Amsa, instead of, the, um, instead of the Amsi, the source of all the various avatars. And I think that's the main characteristic of, of what this part of the 29th Anucheta is dealing with, is those specific verses, not all of them, of course, but a sampling that are in the Bhagavatam that one could misinterpret, uh, give some different uh, interpretation to where one would think there's no distinction between Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, and any other avataric descent of the Supreme. Now, some of the evidence used here is is based on word usage in the Sanskrit language. So for us, it may be a little bit uh, out of our, uh, beyond our ability to explain properly because we're not well-versed in Sanskrit ourselves. But still, just reading Jiva's Goswami, reading his, this English translation that's been provided by Sachin Ryandas, it gives us some real insight into the into the beauty of the Sanskrit language, uh, the complexity of the Sanskrit language, and the scientific nature of the Sanskrit language. So if we come away with that appreciation, that'll be something. Reconciliation of contradictory statements. So Jiva Goswami writes here, it will now be demonstrated how apparently conflicting statements from Srimad Bhagavatam are to be interpreted according to this parivas. So he's going to give us a demonstration. If you are going to accept the Gaudiya conclusion, and our Gaudiya conclusion is based on two primary verses, this being one of them, uh, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, a subsection of the Iti uh, Chamsakala, Pumsa Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam verse from uh, the third chapter of the first canto and uh, of course uh, Brahmati Paramatmati Vedanti Tat Tat Vavidas Tat Vamyas Gyanamadvayam Brahmati Paramatmati Bhagavaniti Sabjate So these these two verses Jiva Goswami is saying if you want to understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the Gaudiya perspective, then 
This is the, these are the two foundational verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam that, that you need to fully understand. Otherwise, you're not going to enter, be able to enter into the mystery of the Gaudiya perspective of Vaishnavism. So Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. And uh, and the Lord has multifaceted potencies, but He's simultaneously one and different. So we can look at Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan, three aspects of the Supreme, and they're all the Supreme, the Supreme Absolute Truth, that non-dual substance that spiritual vibrating energy they're different displays of that same supreme absolute but they have distinctive features and this of course as we saw in the beginning is is one of the factors that shows an evolution of the theistic understanding coming from madhvacharya Madhvacharya's sense is that all the avatars are basically of the same of the same nature in every respect. Any one of them could be the source of all of them. There's not these fine distinctions that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought in, this simultaneous one indifference. So, as Jeevas pointed out, Madhvacharya gives a different interpretation to this very verse that we look at as the Parivas. So, how do we see other verses in the Bhagavatam in light of the Parivas? Jeevas is going to give us a lesson in, in that by nine examples in this uh, part subsection of his section, the 29th Anucheta. In the statement, now he's quoting from the 10th canto, in the statement, and the verse is reading, he, Krishna, appeared there in the Yadu dynasty as an Amsa. The word Amsena, by, as, or along with a part, means along with his Amsa, Sri Baladev. Right, so I'm just going to read through the commentary real quick. Next, Sri Jiva Goswami, this is the beginning of the commentary, and we'll go through the commentary on each one of these sections. Next, Sri Jiva Goswami refers to various statements that seem to contradict the Parivas of Krishna being Swayam Bhagavan. These statements are found both in the Bhagavat as well as in other Puranas. But Jiva begins by interpreting verses from the Bhagavat in the light of the Parivas principle, that Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. And then we go to the first verse that we were just discussing. In the beginning of the 10th canto, King Parichit asked Sukadev, please describe to us the exploits of Lord Vishnu, who appeared there in the Yadu dynasty with his Amsa. Here the word Amsena, by or with his part, means with his Amsa referring to Balaram. The third or instrumental case in Amsena is used in the sense of along with. 
if the meaning were taken as Sri Vishnu who appeared by his part, then it would mitigate against the statement made earlier. But there, and this is the earlier statement, and this is a, a, a verse from the ninth uh, canto, but there, referring to Vasudeva and Devaki, but there eight son was indeed Bhagavan Hari, Vishnu himself. Certainly, such an interpretation would contradict the Parivas Sutra. Krishna, however, is Swayam Bhagavan. So we'll go on to the second uh, verse that Jiva Goswami uses in this explanation. In the statement, this again is another verse from the 10th canto. In the statement, quote, the earth became exceedingly radiant due to the two partial manifestations, kalabhyam, of Hari. Kalabhyam nitaram Hari. Srimad Bhagavatam 10.20.48 The word Kala, an energetic expansion, refers to the earth. And the word Abhyam, by these two, means by Sri Balaram and Krishna. Thus the meaning is the earth, which is the Kala of Bhagavan Hari, is a part of Hari, uh, became exceedingly radiant due to Balaram and Krishna. The ex further explanation is as follows. Another different translation of the verse is given first. The earth, abounding in ripe crops and beautified by various grand festivals held in the cities and villages with Vedic sacrifices, offering the first grains of the new harvest, and with other traditional sacrifices intended for the satisfaction of the senses became exceedingly radiant due to the presence of the two partial manifestations of Bhagavan Hari. The word Kala Bayam would normally be taken as taken, and here is where He's going to get into hermeneutic Sanskrit explanation. So he's saying this word kalabhayam would normally be taken as taken as an instrumental duel of the word kala due to the two partial partial manifestations of Ari, i.e. Krishna and Balaram. Here, however, this is such an Orion explaining. Sri Jiva Goswami breaks this word into two separate words. Kala, meaning the part or potency of Hari, which is in opposition to the earth and Abhayam, meaning by these two, referring to Krishna and Balaram. The resultant meaning would be the earth, which is an energetic expansion, Kala, of Bhagavan Hari, became exceedingly radiant due to Balaram and Krishna. So, in order to reconcile the verse with the Parivas Sutra, Jiva says this one word in the verse, which one could interpret to be referring to Krishna and Balaram, 
should be seen differently. This word kalabyayam should be seen as two distinct words that were put together for to make the verse work. Uh, and in that sense, then it's not that these two are partial manifestations of the Supreme. Rather, the earth is a manifestation of Hari's potency, his kala. Third example, Jiva Goswami writes, the real meaning of the statement, O Mother Devaki, by your good fortune and for our well-being, the Supreme Personality, who is Bhagavan himself, has entered your womb by a part, Amsena. <coughs> it's from the second chapter, the tenth canto. He is as follows. That's the verse. Now I'll tell you what the real meaning of the verse is in light of the Parivas Sutra. O Mother, Devaki, he who previously appeared for our well-being through his partial expansions, such as Matsya, has now entered your womb in his own direct form. Explanation is as follows. O Mother Devaki, by your good fortune... And for our well-being, the supreme person who is Swayam Bhagavan has entered your womb by a part, Amsena. That would be a would be the conventional translation from of the Sanskrit verse. Here the meaning is as follows: By your good fortune, O Mother Devaki, Bhagavan, the supreme person who previously appeared through his partial expansions, Amsena, for our well-being. Bhavaya has now entered your womb in his own direct form, Saksat. In the statement thereafter, the effulgent Devaki bore within her consciousness, transferred from that of Vasudev, a part of Bhagavan Achuta, who is auspicious for the entire world. The word Achutasma, Tasa, translated here as a part amsa of Bhagavan Achuta, is to be taken rather as a locative bahuvriti, I'm sorry, bahuvrihi compound, referring to a subject who is other than the individual components of the compound. <clears throat> this interpretation is validated by the explanation given in his book, uh, in this book, Anocheden 90, that when the complete whole, Amsi, avatarically descends into the whole material world, all of his parts, Amsas, are contained within him. It is precisely due to his all-encompassing completion, Purnatvena, that he, Sri Krishna, is qualified in the same verse by the adjectives Sarvatmakam, who is the self of all beings, and Atmabhutam, who is manifested by virtue, virtue of his very own self. So normally one would say, well, the verse, if we just read it and take, the, take a, a literal approach to the way the verse is presented, a, a portion of the supreme Achuta, a portion of the supreme Achuta, the infallible supreme was transferred 
from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki, and then she became radiant. So that would be a conventional approach. But rather, Jiva says, no, the proper understanding is that Bhagavan Sri Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, was transferred from Vasudev to Devaki. And when he came, all of his parts were included within him, which is understood and supported by other verses. So don't be misled by the way, make sure you understand, and this is really what Jiva's getting to here, whenever we see this amsa, a part, or kala, and it's, it's referring to Krishna, it has to be seen in the light of the Parivas Sutra. So you can't say that the verse, you can't say if you're going to accept the Parivas Sutra as the light by which we understand the other verses in the Bhagavatam, if they, even if they appear to say something that contradicts this idea, you can't read them that way. You have to reconcile them with the Parivas Sutra. And he's showing us some examples of the verses, and he's showing specifically Sanskrit, and the Sanskrit hermeneutics of, of the language itself, there can be so many different interpretations. According, but, the, but we should never think that Jiva Goswami is in the game of trying to trick the reader into accepting the part, accepting these presentations of the verses and what they mean as falling outside of the general rules of the language itself, which was used to express the Bhagavat Purana. The Bhagavat Purana was presented in Sanskrit and if we are going to accept the Parivas Sutra, we have to use, we're not going to break the rules of Sanskrit. We're not going to break, you know, all the, all the great uh, commentaries on Sanskrit, Panini and, and uh, uh, Patanjali. They all come out with their aphorisms explaining how to learn Sanskrit itself and how the Sanskrit language works. So even though this subject is beyond perhaps our understanding of what Jeeva is trying to convey as far as a compound and this and, you know, not being scholars of Sanskrit, it, it may be on, but we shouldn't come away from this part of this 29th Anucheta thinking that there's anything amiss here. Jiva is a scholar in Sanskrit. He's using the Sanskrit language in a way that conveys the meaning that the Bhagavatam itself is trying to convey and has, and this Parivas Sutra has lit up the proper understanding of the Bhagavatam, so therefore Anybody who's going to be a commentator, and he himself has taken on the task of commenting on the Bhagavatam for us in his Sandarbhas, 
I mean, Sandarbha itself means to pull out the essence. So he's pulled out the essence of the Bhagavatam so that we can have a full understanding of the Gaudiya perspective of this, the great literature, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the light, which, which is the foundation upon which we build our understanding of the Supreme Absolute Truth. So at least that much we need to grasp from this. He's not falling outside of the rules of Sanskrit grammar. He's just presenting it and saying others are going to interpret it this way. But if we're going to take the Parivas Sutra, we have to shine that sutra on the, on the translation that we give or the explanation that we give to any Sanskrit verse in the Bhagavatam that would seem to indicate that Krishna is like the other avatars and that he's not Swayam Bhagavan. So in this particular fourth explanation, the main point there is this amsa means, the word amsa in the sloka specifically refers to when the Lord comes, Krishna, the Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, once in a day of Brahma, when he descends, all the other avatars are with him in that descent because all the other, other avatars and manifestations come from him originally. They may not come directly, they may come as a part, or as a part of a part, as a kala, they may come as a potency, a vibhuti. So all that was covered in the third chapter of the first canto of the Bhagavatam. So here's here's an example of some some different avatars. We can see some of them are are jivas who are empowered. Some of them just have some specific attribute of the supreme absolute truth. Some of them are to be seen as Bhagavan himself with that much potency of the Supreme. But of all those different manifestations of different degrees of the potencies that are inherent in the Supreme Personality, all those are coming from Krishna. This is another interesting, the fifth example goes as follows. The common people of Mathura, who were very, not very knowledgeable, also said, that's how Jiva starts it. The common people of Mathura, who were not very knowledgeable, they said the following in the Bhagavatam. These two, Balaram and Krishna, have appeared here in the house of Vasudev as Amsas of Bhagavan Hari himself who is Narayan. So Jiva explains, here also, by the inspiration of Sarasvati, the word Amsena means along with all their Amsas. So Krishna and Balaram have appeared with all of their avataric manifestations within them. Not that they are 
manifestations themselves of Narayan. It's inspired by Saraswati because of the level of spiritual knowledge of the ladies of Mathura who made the statement in the Bhagavatam. It's okay. They can say like that. They're not they're not scholars of scripture. They're just stating what they what seems obvious to them. That this Krishna and Balaram, they're God. And our God is Narayan. I mean you might also hear a statement like that from the residents of Raj. They're looking, well, Gargamuni said he'd have as much power as Narayan, so, you know, you have to understand the residents of Raj are, are worshipping Narayan as God. They're not worshipping Krishna as God. So similarly, these common people of Mathura may speak like that. A little bit of explanation. When Krishna and Balaram entered the wrestling arena of Kamsa, the residents of Mathura who were present there spoke about them as follows. And we just read the verse. Shijiva Goswami here comments that the statement is made by those who are not particularly well versed in scriptural conclusions, implying that it cannot be taken as authoritative in an absolute sense. This gives us another insight. I mean, how practical Sometimes we get, you know, especially in the beginning, we we look at well, everything in the in the Bhagavatam is it's perfect. Every yes, every verse is perfect. No one will. We can't deny that every verse is perfect. That doesn't mean we don't use fine discrimination to see the context that the verse was delivered in, even within the Bhagavatam narration. The Bhagavat narration, so many people were talking back, they don't all have the same level of spiritual understanding. Their statements that they make have to be seen in light of the understanding regarding their spiritual position, what their qualification, their adhikari is, spiritually. That's just intelligence. The, the statement... Uh, made by a child in relationship to his father and the statement made by his business associate are not going to be the same. The child's in all of awe and reverence of everything. But on a practical level, his friends and his business associates may see things a little bit more practically. Practical. So we also have to use common sense in studying the Bhagavat Purana. And statements are made and we have to see the statements in the context of where they were made, under what circumstance they're made, and by whom they were made. So it can't be authoritative in an absolute sense. So what's being said here. Nevertheless, even if accepted as is. All right. So I just said you might not want to look at it in an absolute sense. But even if you want to look at it that way, the word amsena is to be understood as meaning along with all their parts. 
The intent would then be to say, these two boys have appeared here in the house of Vasudev along with their, all their umsas of Bhagavan Hari himself. I'm sorry, all the umsas, who is Narayan. And similarly, this is the sixth example. These two Krishnas, Krishna and Arjuna, who are the support of the Yadu and Kuru dynasties, are Amsas of Bhagavan Hari, who have appeared in this world to relieve the earth of its burden. This is a verse from the fourth canto of the Bhagavat Purana. Jiva Goswami writes here, In this verse, the word Agatao is a past passive participle used in the active voice. <clears throat> I'm not going to read this particular paragraph here, but you get, he's saying, wait a minute, let's look at this, look at this term here, let's look at every word in the verse, and the word Krishnao is the dual number of the accusative case. And he continues to un, unpack it in terms of Sanskrit. To come out with the conclusion, the meaning is that they, Nara and Narayan, entered into them, Arjuna and Krishna. This will be further explained in the next subsection of this Anucheta, which we'll see if we probably won't get to it this evening, but there's three parts of this that really get into the Mahakala Pura event when Kashira Dakshai Vishnu, no, Karna Dakshai Vishnu, stole the Brahmin's boys to see, in order to see Krishna and Balaram. So, Krishna and Arjuna. So there's all kinds of references there to them as Nara and Narayan and establishing Dharma. All kinds of words in the verses there which Jiva is going to say, all right, let, let me give you the right way to look at these verses which one could easily interpret as meaning that that they're part and parcel of me they've come from me originally that they're they're simply Nara and Narayan they're two sages in the world and so he's going to un unpack that to a full extent because one would say why wouldn't you accept a statement one could naturally say this, made by the Purusha, Karnadakshai Vishnu, as being fully authoritative. Mahakala is how he's referred to in the verses in the Anucheta. You'd think Mahakala, Maha meaning time, controlling all time, Kala. And if you look at the whole evolution of, of, of the universe, According to Sankhya philosophy, Kala is, is Nimitta, one of the main causal 
aspects of material nature that sets everything into motion. So this nomenclature for Karna Dakshai Vishnu as Mahakala, Kala's relationship with that. So you'd think what he's saying would be pretty authoritative. So Jiva breaks that all down. One thing just again trying to get the highlights here without burdening ourselves with trying to enter into the mysteries of the Sanskrit as Jiva's unraveled it in the Anucheda. Those two, the sages Nara and Narayan, who are Amsas of Bhagavan Hari, the Purusha, who was the seed of the various avatars, have entered into the two Krishnas, Krishna and Arjuna, who have appeared in this world to relieve the earth of its burden. So we know another name for Arjuna is Krishna. Therefore, the word Krishna, dual number, has been used here for both Krishna and Arjuna. In the Agama, it is said, in Arjuna there is an avesh, an ingression of Nara, whereas Krishna is Narayan himself. Arjuna is has a lot of the potency of, of Krishna in him. He himself is a, an avesh, saktavish. So he, the potencies of Narayan or Krishna enter into Arjuna uh, for the sake of the Leela. And this is certainly exemplified by the fact that Arjuna had so much power during Krishna's manifest pastime. But when he wasn't with Krishna, when Krishna appeared to disappear or wasn't manifest, Arjuna, who could kill, he was what, a Maharati, he could kill thousands on the battlefield. I mean, who could, you know, that's how powerful he was in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. So although he was that powerful, when Krishna withdrew from his manifest pastime, he withdrew his potency from Arjuna for sake of the Leela, we'll say. And what do we see that Arjuna, he couldn't even protect, was this the, were they dwarf, uh, the queens? Yeah, he couldn't even protect Krishna's queens. And uh, I think they were cowards, right? They beating with sticks or something. Yeah. So it, it it gives us some indication of the Leela and the fact that Arjuna was specifically empowered by Krishna during his Leela. Here the meaning is that Nara entered into Arjuna. Nara meaning Narayan or the potency of Narayan, as is known from the verse cited above, 4.159. When it is said that Krishna is Narayan, it does not mean that he is, is a Purusha avatar. Narayan is usually a name for the Purusha because his place of abidance is on the water. Again, 
Jiva is just reconciling everything and presenting everything in light of the Parivasutra. Seventh explanation. Again, dealing with uh, Nara and Narayan. The statement from the Agama, Nara entered into Arjuna, whereas Krishna is Narayan himself, specifically shows that Nara entered into Arjuna. He, however, who is spoken of as the eternally self-established Narayan himself in statements such as, Are you not Narayan, the self of all embodied beings? That's a quote from Brahma, the Brahma Vimohan Leela, is again Sri Krishna, implying that it is he who manifested manifests as Narayan and not vice versa. This is to be understood as the intended meaning here, as deduced from the following logical principle. Then Jiva quotes the following, Marriage and friendship should take place between those who are equal to each other in wealth, birth, influence, appearance, and further future prospects, but never between a superior and an inferior. As is said in the Vishnu Dharma, one who knows you, Arjuna, knows me, Krishna, and one who follows you follows me. O son of Pandu, I know you to be non-different from myself. This statement by Bhagavan Sri Krishna himself, spoken to Arjuna, indicates that Arjuna's friendship with Krishna is more complete than that of Nara towards Narayan. Thus, Nara's entry into Arjuna, that of the part into the whole, is quite appropriate. These subtle distinctions of the fact that even Arjuna has an expansion, Nara. So it's not that Arjuna, Arjuna of course is an expansion of Krishna and he's in, in, infused with the potencies of Krishna, but Arjuna in and of himself is so powerful that he also has exp an expansion, Nara, and so does, of course, Krishna in Narayan. Again, this will come out as we go forward. Krishna is called Narayan because he is the source of Narayan and thus has the qualities of Narayan. It is for this reason that Brahma addressed Krishna as Narayan in his prayers, again from the 14th chapter of the 10th canto. If Krishna is the source of Narayan, then Arjuna cannot be a partial manifestation of Nara. In other words, it doesn't go backwards. Friendship is between equals. So if Krishna is superior to Narayan, then his friend Arjuna must be superior to Nara, who is a friend of Narayan. Therefore, the meaning of the word Naravesh, an ingression of Nara, is that Nara entered into Arjuna. Again, this will be explained more, but we have 
of course, Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, he has so many manifestations. But in Leela, those that are in friendship with the Supreme, they're equals. That's what friend means. You're an equal to your friends. So we see all the, you know, those in Sakuras and Raj, they're, they're just as much slapping their arms and, and uh, helping Krishna hold up Govardhan Hill as Krishna is. They're not thinking Krishna's, Krishna's superior to us in any way. They're, that's not friendship. They don't think like that. They don't think he's God. <laughs> so they have that kind of friendship. So Jiva Goswami's pointing that out here, that also the relationship even bought between Arjuna and Krishna, although Arjuna is not a Raj Bhakti, uh, he has an extremely intimate friendship with Krishna. Therefore, they need to be, see, be seen as equals in that regard. So we cannot say that Arjuna is a Amsa of Nara, who in the instance of Nara Narayan is not looked at so much as an avataric descent, but as, well, it could be looked at as an avataric ascent, but they're looked at as two great sages. What's being pointed out here is don't think of Arjuna as an expansion of a great sage. He's equal to Krishna. He's Krishna's intimate friend. The sage portion of Arjuna, when we refer to Nara Narayan as Krishna and Arjuna, and Nara Narayan is what's, as Mahakala is going to refer to, refer to them as, don't get it backwards. Understand that the the Nara is coming from Arjuna, not that Arjuna is coming from Nara, a great sage expansion. Arjuna's position is much superior to that. Let's go to the eighth. Sometimes the use of the word Amsa, meaning a part, is used, is understood to mean resembling an Amsa. Because although complete, Krishna is not clearly manifest to common people as indicated in the Gita. And then the quote, Jiva quotes a verse from the Gita, I am not manifest to all being covered by my yoga maya. Consequently, he merely appears to be an amsa to such people. Not everyone, as we said, not everyone accepts Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead, Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna. They don't look at him. He's just like equivalent to the other manifestations of the avataric descents of the Supreme that come into the material world for the benefit of humanity. So Jiva is saying this word amsa, sometimes the use of the word amsa is understand, understood to mean resembling an amsa. That makes sense. He resembles another Amsa or another avatar. He doesn't stand out in the crowd to common people that have a common understanding of scripture. Uh, consequently, he mere, merely appears. We know he's not an Amsa. We know he's the Amsi, 
the source of all the yamsas, but other people don't know that, is what Jiva's saying here. Sometimes the word amsa, a part, portion, or partial appearance, is used because, although Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, people in general do not recognize him as such. They experience him, part, they experience him partly, and thus he is referred to as an amsa. Krishna declares that he reveals himself to a sadhaka in direct correspondence to his mood and surrender. All of them, as they surrender unto me, I reciprocate accordingly. If you see Krishna as Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the absolute object of your love and worship, then he's going to reciprocate by displaying that aspect of his being, of his swarup. You're going to see all of him. You're going to experience his name, form, qualities, pastimes, all as aspects of your istadev, your supreme worshipable object. If you're a Ram Bhakti, Bhakta, you may see Krishna as just any other avatar like Ram or like, like any of the avataric descents. So Krishna, even though Krishna doesn't change, he's the same, but he's going to reciprocate your mood of approach to him. You may be in love with Sita Ram as your istadevs, as your supreme worshipable objects, and your conception of Krishna is different. So Krishna is going to reciprocate according to your... Uh, according to your mood towards him, is what Jiva is saying here. They experience him partly, and thus he is referred to as an amsa. The statement cited above, 1043.23, by the residents of Mathura can be seen in this light. And we do remember that. When Krishna walked into the wrestling arena, everybody saw him differently according to how they understood him. Some saw him as a friend, like all of his boyfriends were with him, walking in the arena with him. And some, the yogis saw him as the super soul. And, uh, Kamsa saw him as death personified. The ladies of Mathura saw him in one light. So all those different emotions that stirred in those devotees or those participants in the Leela were in accordance to their viewpoint. This plays heavily into the whole underlying concept of what of what's being relayed here by Jiva Goswami. If you want to enter into Raganuga Bhakti and, and develop a sense of service to Krishna in the mood of a ragatmika, then you have to see Krishna in the proper light. And that proper light has to be, of course, the Parivas, the light of the Parivas Sutra, and the understanding that the Lord manifests differently 
according to the worship. And that's specifically what the Vedanta, Vedanti Tat Tat Vavidas. As all of these worshipers see me, they all see me according to their perspective. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate. I'll just read the last little section and we'll stop for this evening. The ninth example. Jiva says, for example, in the verse, Krishna is equal to Narayan in qualities. Narayana Samogunai, Srimad Bhagavatam 10, 8, 19. Garga's sole intention is to show that Narayan, who is the very Lord of Vaikuntha, is equal to Krishna in qualities. Not that Krishna is equal to Narayan in qualities. Narayan is equal to Krishna in qualities. Any questions? So if, there, we, if we're faced with say, we're not sure what the meaning of a text is, what the best way to go about there's a controversy about something. To find the, the, the principle or the Paribhas Sutra through which to view things, how we can locate that if we're unsure. Is it, I mean, what do we do there? We just look to the Asharyas and the... Guru Sadhu Shastra. Uh -huh. So Shastra is one of the aspects of how we understand the Supreme Absolute Truth. Mm -hmm. So we understand as much as we can based on our... Immediately, if something's not clear, we bring our doubt to the guru. And we can also, in, in looking at, uh, we can also take advantage of the Purvacharyas, the sadhus, and other sadhus. So, guru sadhu shastra, it, it applies also to understanding of shastra. Because it seems like, you know, there's some issues like, that some devotees are just kind of like lost in. Or they don't, you know, it's, it's kind of puzzling how you, Get, how they get to that place and then kind of stay. In that. Well, yeah, we could talk. We could sit here for days. I mean, yeah. I think what we find is it starts with with guru, is the understanding of guru tattva and what's that mean and the qualification to be a disciple and how to judge a guru. In modern Gaudiya Vaishnavism, if we look to the key element of of misconception that can hamper the growth of the spiritual aspirant now, uh, we have to look to that. That understanding is the first thing. If, if, we can, if we can help devotees understand how to, how to judge a guru who has qualification and not to get sidetracked into so many other misconceptions regarding the necessity of a guru and the fact that he has to be somebody that can can actually help you that means he has to have deep and profound understanding of scripture if his understanding of scripture is superficial then how much can he help he has he himself has to be fully versed. That's what it means to take an Uttama Adhikari. That's one of his qualifications. He's fully versed in all the revealed scriptures. My spiritual master wrote a commentary to Rupa Goswami's Upadeshamrita and he said, you can take a guru from a lesser as a, who is a lesser qualified Vaishnav, but 
you're going to have a hard time. Not that they can't help, but at a certain point, you may need questions answered, which they can't provide the answers for. And if they're militant against you taking shiksha from other people that may be duly qualified, then again, we come back to how to conduct ourselves in the community of devotees. These things we could talk about for until we fully assimilate how to, how to it's, a, it's a science of Krishna consciousness, how to properly apply it. But yeah, it starts with guru, guru tattva, you know, jiva tattva. Oh, nice thing is we're reading Jiva Goswami, we're understanding all these various tattvas that make up the foundation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's, you know, you, and you meet devotees that say, well, I'm fine. 16 rounds, four regs, I'm going back to Godhead at the end of this life. Okay, well, you may. If Prabhupada wants, if a pure, unalloyed devotee wants, but generally speaking, the process of Raganuga Bhakti involves a lot more than that. And that's what, and if you really, really read Prabhupada's books, you'll see that's there the directions of what that necessity is to enter deeply into all the um, the siddhanta of our sampradaya. It's a wonderful thing. We've been given most extraordinary opportunity here. Get into the mud pits of misconceptions where your wheels just spin and then you, you spin out of control yourself and uh, it just then other 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 problems can come into our practice. Vaishnava Parad, you know, immaturity of of common sense dealings with devotees and presenting things that we presenting ourselves as, as knowledgeable when really all we can do is just uh, repeat like a parrot, but we don't really know what's what's the underlying groundwork that the guru was saying when he said something. So anything else? I thank you so much for your association.